Good morning, Kip Crew. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to open your ears for the next 60 minutes and listen to Jade and MJK on Not Another Podcast. This message will self-destruct in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. In a world where podcast is spelt with two T's, unlikely heroes, Jade and MJK, come together to talk about stuff and try to get sponsors for their weekly show. This is Not Another Podcast. Oh, you nailed it. Thank you, Kip Crew, for accepting your mission of listening to another episode of another podcast. Yeah, we fucking done yet? That took forever. <laughs> it did take a little bit of thinking to get that cold opening done for y'all, but, but hey, it's worth it. To pat ourselves on the back, I was pretty fucking impressed with that. <laughs> I think it was all right. We did all right. And uh, we are, of course, here in season 10, episode 5 of the podcast. We're going to be talking about... Um, Emphasis <laughs> on the five. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Mission Impossible 7 today, hence the cold opening. And I'm a Barbie girl. Come on, Barbie. Barbie Let's go party. Life is plastic. It's fantastic. You get the point. Um, Not here to talk about Oppenheimer just yet because everyone's referring to this weekend as the... uh, Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer weekend because they're both out. Mm. I believe Barbie is smashing... It in the box office, which yeah, we'll which, discuss. Was pro- which was projected, but yeah, 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 I'm assuming they're from the same studio because they seen they oh. released on the same day. They've actually been doing the jewel, what do you call it, yeah. um, promoting. Gotcha. Which is you know, and they'll have like a picture of a goth and then some like you know yeah. real like pixie looking <laughs> chickens say you know one ticket to Oppenheimer and one ticket to Barbie. You know. So. Wow, I love that. I saw mm. someone on Instagram what though kid? that was seeing both of those films on the weekend, but was dressed as Indiana Jones. And I got confused. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, wait. You are seeing Oppenheimer and Barbie, right? Not Indiana Jones. But I digress. I don't know what they were going on about. But here we are. Well, I've, I've just been stunned silent. Yeah. I'm confused. Let's get into the episode, son. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, scissor, cut, paper, son. This was not projected. We were supposed to have a few dead heats. That rubbish. All right. right. Let's do it. I haven't won in a while, but here I am. Since the last podcast, and this feels like a long time when I look at this title on my piece of paper, mm-hmm. I watched a film called The Way Back with Ben Affleck from oh, 2020 yeah. on Netflix about a... Basically a drunk. <laughs> yeah, I was here when you were struggling to make that decision. And yes. I was just like, hey, Al Madrigal, cool comedian. Mm, about uh, Ben Affleck's decision to coach a high school basketball team as a way of moving on from his addiction and his failed relationship with his now ex-wife. And it was all right. His game tactic was slap shot, right? <laughs> just get him to be thugs? Yeah. Yeah. No, not quite, but he was... Uh, but not their Christian ways because it was a Catholic type school and he would swear and tell them to rough them up and all those sorts of things that you don't really want. But that was his uh, experience when he was 
the championship player for that same high school did many he, moons uh, ago. Did he get ejected at any point for telling a ref to suck his yes, teeth? Yes, pretty yeah? much. Nice. <laughs> pretty much. So it's not too bad. Like I'd been meaning to check it out for a while. So um, were I you have. watching it thinking like, man, that dude was married to Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Now married to Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. (laughs) That boy got a Jennifer fetish. He loves those Jennifers. Wowza. I watched season one of The Messenger on ABC iView. So this was an Australian series of eight episodes, an adaptation of Marcus Zusak's novel, which is one of my favorite novels of all time and one that I study with my year 12. So I was very curious about their interpretation and adaptation because it's many moons later. I think the... um, the book was early 2000s, so obviously a lot contextually and socially has changed since then. So we see some of the cast change for other genders and races, for example. Mm-hmm. We see mental health a bit more at the realm and we see less of Ed Kennedy, the protagonist's perspective, and more of the others, unlike the book. So it had a lot of differences. It kept the core ideas there, obviously, with him getting messages from someone and then having to work out what they mean and... Um, having to work out what his purpose in life is. Um, and I just, yeah, it's definitely not the same vibe as the book. The book I hold up quite highly and there was probably just too much change for my liking and it didn't have the same powerful meaning as it did um, when reading the book for the first, second time. Um, Maggie is here saying hello to everyone, just so you know. You can uh, follow her on instagram at maggie the lab underscore 15 if you want to see how cute she is it's a good follow everybody. <laughs> very pretty um but yeah she's uh making a guest appearance today so yeah wasn't uh, overly impressed with that which is a disappointment but look here we are the book's always better than the film or tv show i watched season three of true detective yeah, i previously watched season one and two and then because season two was not as good as season one, I kind of put off watching the third season, even mm. though they're all singular and separate from one another. And we know how much of a Stephen Dorff fan you are. So oh. it's like, whoa, how could you be putting that off? <laughs> Never even didn't know, didn't know this guy before uh, this series. I well, think you was... didn't watch Blade religiously as a kid. He no, was like one was of the you. coolest fucking villains mm. ever. He's nice. Great head of hair. You need to rewatch that. Yeah, you do. Especially ahead of... Uh, Shala Ali becoming the yeah character. watch watch the that one with uh, Wesley Snipes and then have no expectations <laughs> for any other Blade film a lot of <laughs> violence and blood so yeah um and again wasn't really enthralled by that show whatsoever I love Michelle Ali Michelle Ali however you say his name um as an actor and again it was dealing with different timelines what I am excited for is season four as it's an unknown actress and Jodie Foster at the realm so that could be interesting but we'll see where they take it and if they've looked at how these other series are being reviewed i thought you were gonna say look where they take it and see if they gay it up or something. <laughs> i was just like all right hold up just the well, way you Jody were Foster's bobbling your it, head yeah. i was just like here, here comes the gay reference um so yeah that was on binge and mm-hmm. that's where all the other seasons H-B- are but oh. if you haven't seen any of those series i recommend and, and you would too watching season one with woody harrelson and matthew mcconaughey stupid good stupid good this was like right on the cusp where mcconaughey stopped doing all those uh rom-coms, rom-coms yeah and everyone was like oh yeah this dude can act mm. let's watch him more closely mm. um then uh, scusi and i watched the usual suspects from 1995 on Stan or wherever we found it um, because we've got a bit of a list, as you know, of classic films that 
either both of us or one of us haven't seen and have always wanted to watch and we're watching them together. Kevin um, Spacey, Stephen Baldwin, is it yes. Benicio Del Toro? Uh, yes, a very young Kevin Benicio. Pollock? Who, sorry? Kevin Pollock? Uh, I can't remember. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was obviously a classic. You've seen it before as well. Kaiser Soze, baby. Yeah, that's mm. him. And uh, that's the, the baddie in the end. And it's got a few twists and turns. And I picked a couple of things. Remember how I talk, talked to you about how Kevin Spacey has the limp? Mm-hmm. And then I made a connection of all things to scary movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but that's the point. Usual Suspects influence so many other mm. shows and films. And I go, okay, I see this now. Just that run at the end where the guy has mm. the flashbacks and realizes that he got conned. Yeah. That's been adopted into so many TV shows. Of course. Either as parody or mm. and movies but yeah, either as parody or it's just like it's a thing you do. It's like and I think that's the Kaiser Sose method though or something they call oh, it. Oh wow, that wouldn't yeah. surprise me, yeah. yeah. Um so I enjoyed that. That was good. Excuse me had seen it before but and he remembered sort of the twist at the ending but nothing else and how it was set up so he was watching it from that pretty yeah, sure he was asleep for some yeah, I was gonna say, I hear you snoring your, bro your boy was a snoozy boy <laughs> but yeah I, I genuinely don't remember too much about it yeah. i remember liking it and mm. then the the ending it's a cool cast being dope and yeah but definitely if you haven't seen it on the mm. definitely check it off as a classic i finished season seven of the office this is sort of when you had started moving around i was watching that season and the last episodes with moving with around Steve Carell. Moving in, sorry. Did I say moving around? Yeah. Well, because you were moving around the space when I'm watching it. That's yeah, what I this had in is, mind. Okay, yeah, this you is know, true. You know, I speak often without too much thinking. <laughs> I'm just speaking. So sometimes Noise. I get muddled up. I don't have a script. Hello. We Hello. are <laughs> a reality show here. Come on. <laughs> Even those have scripts sometimes. Um, but yeah, this is the last with Steve Carell. So there's two more seasons to go after this and I've only just watched the first episode eight, I wanted to give it, um, sorry, the first episode of season eight. Um, so I'll get to that eventually. I also watched season one of The Diplomat on Netflix with Kerry Russell and the other guy I've seen in other things, but I couldn't tell his name or what they were. The drawing card really was Kerry Russell and um, it being the producers and creators of um, The Homeland. West Wing. Oh, West Wing. The West Wing. So, you know, that's got some good writing in terms of political drama. Um, I didn't absolutely love it. I think Kerry Russell was very impressive. Um, I never watched The Americans, so I haven't watched her in something dramatic in a while. Oh my god! Except Cocaine Bear. Yeah, that (laughs) was pretty dramatic. Not so serious. You do need. I'll watch The Americans with you if you like, because I fell off a cliff with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, Yeah. I'd be keen to watch it with a bunch of other shows that I was fully into, and then just you know, I moved states, and it was just like eh. made it hard to keep track. Yeah, and then when you you know fall behind on things, yeah. oh, it, the recommitment's pretty. rough. So very much so. Um, I watched a film called The Banker on Apple TV with Anthony Mackie. Yes, yes. Yep. yes. And um, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Real Nick- story about two black guys in the sixties, early sixties, who were looking to buy a bunch of real estate and to own property but couldn't really do that in terms of signing paperwork or getting loans, etc. So they uh, hire a, a white guy played by Nicholas Holt to be the face of their business so that people would sign off and go, yeah, here's our money. Here, invest with us. Um, so it's quite interesting and obviously a little bit thereabouts of the oppression of um, people of colour. Um, so I thought that was quite good. Not overly amazing, not inspiring anyway, but just an interest, another story of 
how these people were oppressed. Did Samuel L. Jackson say motherfucker? Uh, not that I recall. Oh. Not that I recall. Then the next classic film that Scusi and I watched uh, was A Time to Kill, the year after Usual Suspects, 1996, available there on Netflix, starring Matthew McConaughey, as we've just mentioned. His like very one of his very first roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a gamble to put him in. Samuel L. Jackson again and Sandy B, Sandra Bullock, the one and only. We love her on the podcast. Um, so I was pretty sure I'd never seen this before. Um, and in watching it, I can can confirm that. But I've always been drawn to that because of the cast and it being sort of about a trial of Samuel Jackson's character who murders a couple of uh, very bad rednecks who rape and rape his daughter. And you're kind of going, well, I understand why Samuel's Pretty going cool. after these guys. Pretty cool but thing to did, do. It was a, um, oh, no, I forget the... The author who wrote the book, Josh John Grisham. Oh, Grisham the, Yeah, he wrote the book and it was an adaptation of that. It did have a bit of controversy at the time because it's like the whole movie is fighting for Samuel Jackson to get away with murder, even though he had good reasons, I'm putting that in rabbit ears, to do it. He still just blatantly murdered someone in, um, what do you call it? Cold blood? Cold blood. I was going to say cold open. <laughs> oh, your mind's <laughs> yeah. on something, son. See, see? Um yeah, and I can see where they're coming from. Like, yes, we can see why I did it, but you also killed someone, so you probably should serve some time. Yeah. Eh. Completely justifiable. <laughs> I love your response. For a second when you said, uh, what's the movie called? Uh, a Time to Kill. I thought, you know, I forget what the movie's called, but I'm pretty sure it's got Kill and Time in the title, which is also a Samuel L. Jackson movie, and Gina Davis. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know this was a classic. Oh, yeah. Brian yeah. Cox and shit, where she's yeah, like... Yeah. She's, you know, lost her memory and then she started getting That's her memory right. back yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm a sick assassin. <laughs> That's right. I've seen bits of that. That's cool. But, yeah, I really enjoyed that and so crushing on Matthew McConaughey and that young McConaughey with his swag. Ooh, and him and Sandy B totally dated during that and for two years after. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Ashley Judd has a small role in it as well. And funnily enough, Matthew McConaughey and her were dating before the film was shot. <laughs> Man, that guy's, yes. Well, he's, like you said, the charm. So pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, then I watched The so Menu yeah. on Disney. This is going to come up on your list probably. Correct. We'll talk about it then. Beautiful. Uh, Mission Impossible, talking about that later. Barbie, talking about that later. Then yesterday, coming back for the end of my holidays from Selix Beach, um, I finished the PlayStation 4 game, The Outer Worlds. Finished the main storyline there. In my complete exhaustion. And I finished season four of Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. The last season ever of the show with a very satisfying end. Six episodes. Is that really good. James Gunn's taken over the DC universe? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're switching over to you. All right. It's a great little segue. Nice work, everybody. Hey, thanks for coming. All right. So, me, I watched on Netflix Tom Segura's latest comedy special, Sledgehammer. Uh I enjoyed the shit out of it, but literally the whole thing is an inside joke, really, of stuff that you would only know if you listen to his podcast that he does with his wife called oh. Your Mom's House. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but hey, it, it worked for me, and I kind of appreciated all the nods to being a loyal listener and getting all that oh, nice. stuff out. Jadis. Loyal listener. I've been watching the shit out of some Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And your boy watched Dexter New Blood. 
You did. I think I came home and you were watching um, episode five. I was like, you've watched this many already? It's amazing. Was, I was hooked. And so I, I believe you said ages ago when you talked about it on the podcast, the first episode's kind of slow. Yeah. I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. What do I love about this show? Just introducing all the the new side characters. De- you know, we, we're well aware of who Dexter is, but, you know, new backdrop. They're in snow opposed to Miami. <laughs> yep. And Dexter's still Dexter, but he'd, you know, been chilling out without his dark passenger for a while and mm. then he's all like how good is murdering people <laughs> especially when they deserve it and deb's like you're a fucking piece of shit because she's the new harry she is which is a good, great choice i think anyway i really enjoyed that oh uh, so good and i can't wait for the spin-off series called harrison <laughs> <laughs> i'm not watching that <laughs> all right so another advantage of having this paramount, paramount plus, plus i've completely oh, you're welcome ruined my life by oh, watching no. Oz. Oz. How's that ruined your life? Because it's a commitment or because it's so dark? It's, both? <laughs> it's just fucked. It, uh, there's a lot of brutal violence. There's a lot of other brutality. There's just, it's, you can't go an episode without someone getting murdered. Like, I, by the end of season one, I was like, how is this prison still open for another four or five seasons? Like, because there's just so much death and stuff. Great writing, great characters, and you can literally be introduced to a new character. Um, so my boy from Romeo and Juliet, just a scratch. He's just a scratch. <laughs> he's almost like the uh, the narrator for the show. So anytime a new inmate comes in, he'll say like you know their oh. their number, and then be yep. all like, "This is what they're in for," and they'll do a little flashback to them, you know, hitting hit and run or whatever. So you get introduced to this character, you're like, oh, I wonder where this is going, and then boom, dead. Oh, wow. And you're like, why did you even do that cool introduction? But <laughs> it makes you remember them. Like, I, 100%. Every character, I might not know and their you name. And more, but I'll be like, backstory. oh, yeah, that's the dude who pulled a gun on somebody and then got himself shot mm-hmm. or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's, I had to literally take a break from it because it was pretty, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, okay. And my mate, I was like, you still loving it? I'm like, no. <laughs> Have you, wait, did you say you'd finished season one? Season one, yeah, two, cool. and three. Oh, shit. How many are there? Six. Okay, halfway. And I'm halfway through season four at the moment, but we'll oh, wow. do that later. All right, let's get this one. I don't know. First, I'll just say I watched Star Wars episode six, Return of the Jedi. Why? Because I started <laughs> back when I was living uh, in Stephen Meadows. Mm. I was like, I'm going to watch all the Star Wars movies, even though I don't really like them. I just yeah, want to... Yeah, dope. Good. Giving it a go. Yep. Uh, got through the first two. It was bored out of my mind. Yep. Then I watched... The third? Jedi. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Return of the Jedi? Yeah, I can't... I, I might even be saying the wrong movie. Could have been Empire. No, that's the second. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so I watched that. That wasn't terrible, but it was also because I wasn't paying too much attention yeah. to it. And then I watched episode one, The Phantom Menace, and my God... No wonder people hate that fucking movie. <laughs> Say something about the motherfucking <laughs> sequels, bitch. <laughs> it was just like, and it's Natalie funny because our girl, she's re- she was re- pretty much the only good thing in it. Natalie, you know? yeah. Mm. Ewan McGregor was just like, I don't know how to act in this movie, and that little annoying kid. God, I wanted to punch anyway. <laughs> so the menu. Yes, the menu. Anya Taylor Joy. Yep. Rafe Fiennes. Nicholas Holt. My boy, John Luzamo. Yep. Other people. Other people. 
and you go. That guy, the guy that's from, I know from Broad City, but he plays like a, a yeah, Spanish immigrant with a very thick accent. Is very American in this one and yeah, very different. The, he was the, the gay drug dealer friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is my gay drug dealer. <laughs> pretty sure they said that at one point. Give us a quick plot synopsis and then we can talk about how batshit crazy it is. A select highbrow bunch of people attend a very notorious chef's restaurant. Which is located on an island. Which is located remotely on an island. all invited to this. They are invited to this. They have to be invited to this to attend, which makes it so niche and exciting. Um, Something to brag about. And then upon their arrival at the restaurant, they be... They soon come to realise that not everything is as it seems and that their life may be at stake. Mm-hmm. And it takes a few twists and turns, starting with the death, the very public suicide of the sous chef. Mm-hmm. And you're going, hang on, wait, this is not... I thought maybe they were going to go into a thing of like, you're, this is cannibalism, you're eating other dead sous chefs. Yeah. Yeah. But then it just keeps going. That's where I, yeah. w- when they did that, I was like, firstly, they're not going to have all that much time to prepare no. the body. Like, how long are they going to be there for? You know, and yeah. essentially, Ralph finds as the main chef has a bit of a vendetta against each of these people for being yeah. very selfish and self-centered um, and, and ethically not making the right decisions in their life for whatever reason. Everyone except for the coal girl. Yeah. Annatella Joy, who's... Who ends, ends up there last minute, sort of by mistake. She's not invited there. Nicholas Holt's character brings her after his date dumps him, which uh, is something she learns later. And, uh, yeah. And he was privy to what was going to be happening, so he took Yeah, and he didn't stop any such <laughs> And, uh, yeah, basically they learn that they're all going to die on the evening and they're trying to work out how they're going to escape. Yeah, and not just the, the patrons, but also... The, the chefs as well. And was that fucking that broad's idea? how do we finish this meal i don't know everyone dies fun that's right because she was trying to get back at ralph fines right the main chef for making advances on her multiple yeah (laughs) not taking no for an answer but if you've ever worked in hospitality pretty much every chef's a sex pest so (laughs) (coughs) um yeah there was a very sorry a very surprising film i wasn't expecting it to go there and i was wondering what the hype was about like why are people talking Mm. about this film doesn't seem appealing whatsoever if you sort of read a one-line synopsis of people attending a restaurant. Who cares? Um, so but it's got a lot to say about a lot of things. It, it gives you the idea that, that of unease immediately as well because they all live there, like all the, the chefs live on this little mm. island, almost in like cult-like, mm. you know. Scenario. And then you're like, oh, okay. So I went, and then again, I had the, the thought of cannibalism. Mm. It's like you're eating, you know, 62-year-old aged uh, Peruvian man or something, you know. But no, mm. it's just he, because the homie said he didn't get, he stopped getting satisfaction from cooking mm. for others, which mm. was kind of cute in the end when he made the girl a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Mm. And Looks he clearly, good. and it was the first time he was preparing food, like he said, in like three years or whatever. So I was glad, you know, that that part of the story kind of like had a thing, but had I just a resolution. Thought, yeah. yeah, I just thought it was a bit silly that everyone was like, "Hey, let's let's light ourselves on fire." As oh, schmores. very silly, <laughs> and that they would just sort of all accept it and they're not trying to fight their <laughs> and, way out. Yeah, they were all like, "Yeah, we're." I do not want to be lit on fire. Yeah. Sorry, we're we're totally accepting that we're gonna die. It's insane. Good twists and turns and a few laughs I out it was loud. A bit rough on John Leguizamo's assistant, who she was stealing from him. He was aware of it and didn't care. Yeah, she's gonna fucking die. If he die. doesn't care, well. 
What of it? Yeah. The same with the the wife to um to the cheese the cheating husband. Mm. You know, I'm, yeah, sh- I'm sure she don't know what she. I'm sure she's rude to wait staff, but a bit of a Karen. What? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Now the other thing that I forgot to mention, and I wondered if it was on your list, but you and I together watched the first season of Yellow Jackets. Oh, I'm still going. So. Oh shit. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. So you got the, that there? Okay, good. Make I watched sure you didn't Violent forget. Night, where uh, David Harbour oh, plays Santa. Oh, yeah, Santa. Yeah. It was basically John Wick, but with Santa. Love that. Pretty cool. I watched uh, Your Boy, Ben Affleck, in Air. <laughs> Jason Bateman, Matt Damon. Chris yeah. Tucker. Chris Tucker. Yep. Very cool. One of the Waynes brothers, briefly. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Very good movie. And yeah, fuck it. Let's get to Yellow Jackets. Oh my god! Yeah, we're did. watching Secret Invasion together on Wednesdays, and then you're like, "Yo, let's check out this Yellow Jacket show you keep talking about." Because I am obsessed with it, and I speak highly of it. Three episodes later, I'm like, "It's past my bedtime. We got, I got to go to sleep here." We very quickly finished that season, and yes, we, we did. tonight are finishing season two, so we can discuss that next podcast. But I have sensed that you are also gripped and hooked. By how much you've wanted to watch it. I am enjoying the shit out of this show. There's a few things that, of course. It, that I'm just like, yeah. Nothing's ever perfect. But uh, soundtrack as oh my God. literally I'd say. It's every song, man. Bottom of the barrel for like the satisfaction point, but it is extremely satisfying. That's just like icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. It's a cherry show. on top, isn't it? And uh, ca- the character Misty is <laughs> far and away my favorite because oh. in the modern time as well as their time mm. at the crash site mm-hmm. everyone's desperate mm. but her version of desperate mm. is so alien to everyone else's mm. and i like that dynamic yeah um but yeah fucking wild show yeah i've enjoyed the fact that we have been pumping through it but also we've mm. you know we'll go days without watching episodes yeah but it's just you know it gives me time to think about it and yeah, enjoy it even there more. is a bit to process mm-hmm. so many characters to follow two different timelines 55 minute episodes and a lot of mystery and intrigue oh, like, where and is this going this is conversation for next time but <laughs> one of the few things i really didn't like but i'm okay with now was uh the introduction of new characters in the before time <laughs> Oh, yeah, Who yeah. Who clearly weren't there before. Yeah. Which, but, uh, you know, we know behind the scenes stuff. Hmm. But immediately I was just that. like, well, people got to die. Spendable. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want that for sure. Yeah. Loving it. Did, was that all that was on your list? That's what I'm going to go with. Because yeah, chances are I won't watch a lot before next podcast. So Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, you can watch Yellow Jackets on Paramount Plus specifically. And we both recommend it. Again, Melanie Linsky, Juliette Lewis, Christine Ritchie. You got the young Jasmine Savoy Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like, great cast. Very cool cast. Very cool. Cool Loving it. And I'm loving it second time around. Which is good because sometimes you've got that recency, like, new bias. bias, Yeah. Where if you rewatch it and you're still fucking vibing. Hell yeah. Way to go, Yellow Jackets. Pump it up. Buzz, buzz. That's what they say, because they're bees. The time begins at the end of the first question. If you choose to accept it, <laughs> this message What is the name of the microscopic universe Ant-Man travels to when he goes sub-atomic? 
Quantum Realm? Boom. Which character's rights sold to avoid bankruptcy? What? Which character's rights sold to avoid bankruptcy? That's pa- the question. Pass. Doesn't make any sense. In which film's post credit scene did Thanos first appear? Cool. Avengers. Yes. What's the real name of Scarlet Witch? Wanda... Uh, Maximoff. In which film do we finally learn the backstory of how Nick Fury lost his eye? What film? Yep. Captain Marvel. Yes. What's the name of the treaty which divides the Avengers into opposing factions? Uh, the Sokova Treaty? Close. Dang. So, yep. Which of the Infinity Stones is hidden on Vormir? Pass. What medal are Wolverine's claws? Animated Coded with. Team. Yes. Um, in the Ant- in the Ant-Man, Darren Cross developed a shrinking suit similar to one worn by Scott Lang. What was it called? Yellow jacket? Yeah. When, what German airport does the Clash of the Avengers take place? Oh, pass. Who was the villain in Thor The Dark World? Oh. Ooh, you the, can answer that one. The elf homie. Oh, fuck. I'm not going to think about it where this alarm's gone. <laughs> well, let's go back and do a count of what you've got here. Um, yes. Ant-Man goes to the quantum realm, realm when he shrieks shrinks um which character's rights sold to avoid bankruptcy answer is fantastic for i still don't get it okay yep yes scarlet witch is wanda maximoff so that's two we learn about nick fury's lost eye in captain marvel three the Sokovia accords damn it yes the I'm, treaties half a point i was i was thinking there's another word here Three and a it's half. It's not just the country, Sokovia. Correct. Which Made of the Infinity country. Stones hidden in Vormir? Can you stop moving website for sake? Um, was the you passed it? It was the Soul Stone. The metal Wolverine claws coated with is adamantium. You're correct. Uh, the suit that Darren Cross creates is the yellow jacket. I like that little reference. The German airport is the Leipzig or Halley. <laughs> And the villain in Thor The Dark World was Malekith. Damn it. Yeah. It's, again, we, I think this question's come up before. How many did you get? Five, I want to say. Yeah, because of Yellow, Yellow Jacket. jacket yeah. Nice. Not too bad. Not too shabby. How do you feel yeah, about that? I mean, uh, I've done better, but that <laughs> fucking Fantastic Four question was That was dumb. not articulated mm. well, and even knowing the answer, still don't get it. Nah. So here we are. Your mission. <laughs> Should you choose, <laughs> Should you choose to, to accept, accept it? <laughs> is that the parody film that we're about to write together? <laughs> just some dude who just is so blase about things. Yeah, just fucking just do it, man. Yeah, if you get to it, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, just, if you can get to it, don't matter. <laughs> the message might self-destruct, but I haven't really paid attention. Yeah, he's been having a bad one on the self-destructions. <laughs> Obviously, we're here to talk about... Mission Impossible 7, which is actually titled Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Let me stop you right there. You're here to talk about Mission Impossible (laughs) Part 1 Dead Reckoning. Yes, yes. Also known as Mission Impossible 7. Exactly. It runs at 2 hours 43. Not enough time, really. How what? 2 hours 43. Yeah, that's 17 seconds away from 3 hours. Perfect. Do you like my quick mathematics? Just a bit of quick subtraction. <laughs> Mind blown. It's directed once again by Christopher McQuarrie, who's done all the ones since Ghost Protocol, and he often 
takes part in writing the script as well. Fun fact, he actually wrote and won the Oscar for The Usual Suspects, which we mentioned uh, uh, previously. This is our first film with Hayley Atwell in it, who plays Grace. Let me stop you there again. Yeah, I'm like, I was talking about my obsession with Vanessa Kirby and how much I do respect Rebecca Ferguson when walking in, but coming out of it, I'm like, oh, now I am a little bit hooked on Hayley Atwell. She's very cool in this uh, film and we will be there in part two. Then we have the return of Luther and Benji, which is played by Ving Rames. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Ving Rames. Ving Rames and Simon Pegg. And the return of Rebecca Ferguson as Elsa and Vanessa Kirby as the White Widow. You know, for the longest time I called Ving Rhames Diamond Dog because that was his character in Con Air. Oh, no way. <laughs> that makes sense. Even though the end credits, you know, when they show the pictures of the person's face and it has their name come up, like at the end of screen. Yep. Yeah. They do that in Con Air. So I, I could see his name was Ving Rhames. But not Diamond Dog. <laughs> um, this is still rated eight on IMDb, which is great to see because I would definitely put it up there with this. Um, and essentially, Ethan Hunt and his team who work for the IMF. It's insane, impossible, motherfuckers. Impossible mission force, not faction. Impossible not, I forget. mission yeah, force. That's what it stands for. I'm serious. Because I was reminded of that you know, during that, this film. That character I was doing at the start with, like, your yeah. mission. <laughs> it sounds like something yeah. he would make. This is yeah, true. The impossible mission for us or whatever. This is true. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. All right. Calm your phone. Sorry. <laughs> the connection's too real. It's too real. Oh, my God. But essentially, right. they're trying to... Stop a deadly weapon getting into the wrong hands, which is the premise of a lot of films. However, this weapon is uh, AI, which is very topical right now and very real and realistic. So, um, yeah, this is them trying to to get two keys, essentially, that will unlock this weapon. And so part one, you're like, where is this going to go? Because mm-hmm. obviously there's a part, part two, two that's going to resolve everything. So I feel it actually is quite full circle considering where what it could do. Um, and then I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Obviously, they're going to have the weapon and then some shit's got to go down. So just a quick question. This yeah. isn't the end of the franchise or anything. This Part is just two a- should be. Dead Reckoning okay. Part Two should be the end from what I know. They filmed them back to back and are... Um, I believe have just finished filming it all. So it'll be in post-production and it's set for release next year. So not too much of a wait, which is cool. Um, obviously at the realm is Tom Cruise, who plays Ethan Hunt. Um, he's been in all of them. Luther's been in all of them, but the others have varied depending on where they came in in the series. Um, and since number four, Ghost Protocol, uh, Tom has been executive producer. So this is where we're seeing him do all his own stunts. And the big stunt for this one, it's very well advertised and promoted and marketed on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, you name it. It's there of him jumping off a cliff in Norway, I believe, um, is which is obviously motorcycle? a ramp that they've built, yeah, yeah for the motorcycle cycle, which he rides off the ramp with, lets the motorbike go, when falls into say... the whatever you call this. Let's say crevice. <laughs> I like a good crevice. Open up the parachute, which he's done for real, which just, when you're when watching you it, your mind is blown. they built it, are you referring to the Scientologists? To the, no. <laughs> the crew of the film, Google. Right. Oh, my God. But he did that jump God knows how many times so they could film it at all different angles. But obviously, in preparing for it, 
Um, so that was the big stunt for this one. Remember that fucking bullshit he did for Top Gun where he was just on the wing of a fucking old plane talking to a camera? Hey! Oh, yeah. Like, hey! <laughs> Mission Impossible's <laughs> out soon! That is He's not a Tom holding on. impersonation. <laughs> I know, but he was yelling. <laughs> and he was like, check it out, I'm on this wing of the plane. Your mission. Should and then you, it like cuts accept? out, like, you know, so at such a harsh angle where he's just hanging on to it. And I'm like, that 60-year-old gentleman is insane. OMG. Um, he is in his 60s, right? He is 61. 61. Tom Cruise turned 61 this year. So very impressive. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this film. It's such fun action. It's got its great witty banter and comedy one-liners within there um and the cast is really really cool it's pretty much tom cruise and Haley atwell the majority of the time fair to say that you're a whore for mission impossible yeah i love the franchise it's done really really well like a big action and big action with proper storyline and um realistic stunt work like i refer to Fast and Furious, for example, where you're like, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and of course, this is sometimes extreme. Like I was listening to climbing a, the tower in Abu Dhabi. I was listening to a podcast, a wrestling podcast, strangely oh, yeah. enough, but they have a segment called the Hall of Fame where they just nominate something mm. that, you know, catch their eye that week. And uh, one of the fill-ins on this podcast was talking about how his memory of Mission Impossible movies, he yeah. just lumped him in with like Fast and the Furious as, in, oh, as if no. they were like the same thing. and. For whatever reason, I think he said he was watching him with his girlfriend. Like, yo, we should watch them all from the start. So he has been. And he's like, yo, these are more like James Bond. <laughs> like, they're not goofy. <laughs> like, right. he's just like, I don't know where my opinion came from that. So oh, okay. He, yeah. And then he nominated Tom Cruise for the Hall of Fame. And then the other bloke just yeah, started talking about how he drove the bike off a cliff, which he was just like mad. They're British. He's, <laughs> mad. he's mad for doing it. Oh, you watched the footage of... of them preparing for that and him doing all the practice shots and like Christopher McQuarrie's reactions each time. Like, is he going to be okay? I'm like you guys signed up for this. Um, it just makes it more, that more thrilling when you're in the cinema, having seen the preparation. Fair enough. He probably isn't caring if he's okay in the sense of like human. It's mm. like, there goes my meal ticket. <laughs> what do we do now? But I think also part of the, what's going to be the success of mission impossible now too is, um, getting some of that momentum from Top Gun Maverick because that got everyone back into cinemas um, and put Tom Cruise back on the map. And I feel like that's given this movie some momentum as well moving forward because people want more Tom Cruise and love what he's doing. Really? Yeah, yeah you need to watch Tom Gun Maverick and I'll, I've got it on 4K, so we need to crank that. Yeah, I mean, I really like Miles Teller. Miles Teller is... But- very good in it. Got a crush on him. Character's name is Wooster. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> Dumbass name. Okay, mofo. <laughs> just because his just because his dad's name was Goose. Uh, basically, I would also give this movie an eight or nine out of ten. Again, recency bias probably comes into it. And who I'll... was who was the naughty boy in this movie? Who was the bad? Yeah, look the the White Widow Vanessa Kirby is questionable because we don't know what she will do with it if she gets her hands on it but it's played by a guy whose name i do not recall but let me show you his photo here azay morales gabrielle so that's him there i don't know if oh. you know him from anything what do you yo think? yeah that's what's up? What's up? What's he up? played the brother in la Bamba way back when okay that's not gonna you right that's in, his number one thing but he was think about NY- our target audience so they're gonna know this no, guy but that's from anywhere what you, you said 
you. You were pointing yeah, at me. Yeah, okay. This but he true, was in like NYPD true. Blue or something as well as a captain at some point. But Funnily enough, he's Slade Wilson in Titans, which this crew might have watched. And he plays... Oh, he's... Slade What's Wilson her name's is, father in that, How to Get Away with Murder? Slade Wilson oh, is... Um, Mexican bird? Dead shots? Dead, yeah, I get... Yeah, dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deathstroke and... Oh, no, Deathstroke. Deathstroke, yeah. yeah. He's the big bad and then his sidekick is Pom Clementef. Mm-hmm. Um, who you know for, as Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Or that one brief, like, two-second scene in Uncut Gems. <laughs> yes, that too. And some other... No, basically, she's one of his um, right-hand men who can kick ass and try and you, stop people from getting Do me it. a favor and scroll back and just see what his character's name was in La Bamba. Oh, okay. I, I want to say it's is it Frankie or Benny or something. Bob, Bob Morales. Perfect. <laughs> the he's old Bob. The alcoholic brother who does the drumming for him occasionally mm-hmm. and stuff. He's like, you're going to you're gonna be our meal ticket, Richie. <laughs> you're going to make it, Richie. Except it's Bob. That's what Bob's saying to Richie. He's like, because he's, he's the useless brother. Right. To Richie Valance, La Bamba guy. La Bamba. La Bamba. You know what he's most famous for? Dying in a plane crash. <laughs> with the big bopper. I love that you're still bobbing your head side to side here as though the music's playing internally. <laughs> it is. You can hear it, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely loved it. Uh, keen for part two next year. Recommend you should go see it. The other film I saw. Hold up. One oh, more no. question. You're stopping my flow, son. No, no, no. Just one more question. Mm. If you had a choice to save either one of Tom Cruise or Haley Atwell, who would you save? <laughs> In real life? Yeah. Oh, that's actually very hard, but I'm going to go with my gut, which says Tom Cruise. <gasps> How dare he's you? He's legit. I think he's the best action but have you, star. Have you seen Haley Atwell's yeah, side no. profile? Yes, but then I've still got Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's I'm disgusted right now. <laughs> Let me not objectify you, women any longer. Are you a closet Scientologist? Is what's yeah. Going? No. What's going on? <laughs> oh, God. Scientologist. Jesus. I've never heard anyone know, say they the saved Tom Cruise's life. Well, I'm thinking of him as the actor, not the Scientologist. And like how genuinely nice he is in interviews and with fans at premieres and stuff like that. Yeah, but he doesn't even speak to his kids because they're, quote, but, a Oh, you know that for a fact, do I don't you? know. <laughs> God. I believe I believe everything I read on the internet. <laughs> Same. Um, the other film we're here to discuss about discuss about fuck the other film. We, it's six thirty on a Monday night. I've had my first day back at school. I haven't eaten yet. Dinner that is. Um, All right, I'm delirious. Go. Here we go. If Boom. you could save one oh. <laughs> of Margot Robbie oh. or Ryan Gosling, oh, who come would on. you save? I know who I'd save, and it's got nothing to do with them being a Slipknot fan. <laughs> My answer is the same as yours. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> no. <laughs> i got to save the Australian, Margot. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Duchess is Staten Island, New Jersey, whatever she was called in Wolf of Wall Street. Never mind. Oh, I don't remember. But she is in that film. So, Barbie, released the week after Mission Impossible, um, written by and directed by Greta Gerwig, who was an actress turned director who directed Lady Bird, the 2019 release of Little Women, and I think one other film. And she's got some of those uh, Narnia things coming up with Netflix. Yeah, she's doing And the there's Narnia a fan stuff. petition to get her to do Supergirl or Superwoman or something for uh, James Gunn's DC. Oh, so that's a really 
cool, interesting, exciting mm. proposition Hopefully and idea. Hopefully she does get some. Like yeah, that, that'd be so. great. Get her something even more mainstream. But um, All right. But I do have genuine questions about this. Yeah. Before do we want to facilitate it by questions only instead of just... Because, you know, plot overview. Anyone can look that up or see it. Well, my first and pretty much only question Still right now, different. but if you want me to ask you questions, I can. Yeah. Just from what I'm seeing in the trailers, is it kind of like the Brady Bunch movie they did in the 90s where it's like they're completely like fish out of water, like they're their own existing little universe while there's the real world around them? Is yeah. Is that what's kind of happening? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. It makes me want to see it more now. Oh, those, cool. those Brady movies were dope. Because I, <laughs> so I never watched the second trailer, so I didn't have too much con- too much understanding of what was going to really happen or that they were going to go to the real world. I'm using rabbit ears again. The real world at mm-hmm. some point. I hadn't seen that part. And people are like, what's happening I, in the real world? I, Why are they there? I go, I don't know. The less I know, maybe better. Let's I go in and find out. I didn't know that either, mm. only because of like the short teaser ones you see like between stuff when you're watching the footy or whatever. It's the only yeah. commercial television I watch. Yeah, gotcha. And I saw them there like, you know, at, you know the, that famous muscle beach or whatever thing. And there's mm. all these hard looking motherfuckers and Ken's just standing there looking, you know, like Ken. And I'm like, <laughs> hold up. Yeah. They've, and then there was one where there's, you know, like, um, like, uh, workers, what do you call them? Like the, the lolly workers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, that doesn't look like Barbie characters. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we have Barbie world over here, but they can access the real world. And, the real world and Barbie world influence one another, which makes sense if you think about it because the people playing with Barbie in the real world will affect how they behave in Barbie world. Mm-hmm. And obviously Barbie, pop culture-wise, the stuff we do know is that it's influenced film, TV, fashion, f- feminism in some ways and not in some ways because it has sort of oppressed others in terms of setting the wrong beauty stand- standards in society. And they don't have genitals. There's that. So we got Margot Robbie playing stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. And then we traditional have traditional Barbie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Stereotypical Barbie is her name. Okay. And Ryan Gosling playing one of many Kens. So obviously there's a Barbie to represent every occupation, really. Yeah. So is this literally everyone's name is Barbie and Ken? And Ken. Yeah. That's dope. I yeah. like that. And the Kens fighting with each other. There's a great cast. There's an awesome, awesome cast. Too many to mention. In Michael Sarah's in it, right? He is. He plays Alan, which. Every doll that's in this movie that's called this yeah, doll that yeah. is a real doll. Yep. And if there was a doll like there's one, I forget its name, but uh, Barbie who is pregnant and then it's often commented on by other Barbies or Kens or the narrator, which is Helen Mirren, which is brilliant, mm-hmm. um, that this was discontinued. Or there was another one called, um, oh, I forget the dot of the name. Road oh, Rage um, Barbie or something? Sugar's Daddy. Oh, because the dog was named Sugar and it, the guy was Sugar's dad. And mm. so Sugar's daddy, funnily enough, got discontinued. So really? Alan was this Ken spin-off yeah, that I'm, didn't do very well. There's, again, <laughs> so there's only one of him. Most of my knowledge of Barbie recently has mm. just been people who are Barbie fanatics say on Twitter their stuff getting shared or whatever. And oh, I okay. saw Michael Sarah in the outfit <sighs> and they're all like, oh my God, he was born to play Alan because right. like the doll oh, in the box the side by side. was the same outfit. Like literally somehow this doll actually looks like yeah. Michael Sarah. Like, you know, and it was just, I was just like, this is, I didn't know there was an Alan, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's, he's perfect. Quite, he's very funny in this. Um, and you've got Will Farrell who plays the CEO of Mattel, Mattel, make barbie so he's in the real world trying to um 
when he realizes that Barbie and Ken are in the real world is like the first person to call in a team to ensure that they get back to Barbie world so that they don't mess up the system. Um, so essentially in a snapshot, Margot, stereotypical Barbie, starts to have ideas of death and starts to get quite emotional, which is uncharacteristic. Things don't seem to go very well. Not very stereotypical of you, Barbie. No. So she goes and gets word that she needs to go visit Kate McKinnon's character, Weird Barbie, who represents, in reality, all those Barbies that kids cut the hair from and draw all over and put shitty clothes on. Like um, She's the outcast Cynthia that was, uh, what's her face, is Dolan Rugrats. Yeah, yeah, Angelica's doll, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And that's very realistic because a lot of people did that to their Barbies. Mm. Um, So you can see how the real world affects the Barbies in Barbie world. So then it's pointed out to her by Kate that her owner, the person who plays with her or whatever in the real world is clearly going through something. And that's why she's feeling a certain type of way. And it's why she goes to the real world is to find that person and to try and make everything okay again, because She's not all right and things aren't going as they should. How odd that there's only one person with a stereotypical Barbie. How very odd. Yeah, well, this ends up being America Ferreira's character in the real world. So they do this really cool montage thing. America Ferreira is like 10 years older than we are. Is she? Why is she playing with dollies? No, so it was a doll that she's passed to her daughter and her daughter and her are disconnected in this moment in, in time. Uh, well, that actually makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, and so it's this montage. She starts sketching. She actually works at Mattel. So there's mm-hmm. that. She's the assistant or the receptionist for Will Farrell, the CEO. And she's just doing sketching and things and kind of reflecting ideas that she had with her Barbie back in the day um, and projecting that onto her designs, which is affecting Barbie in her world. So that's why they have to come. And Ken, just being obsessed with stereotypical Barbie, has to have her approval. And so he just jumps in the car without her knowing and goes to the real world with her. But the interesting part is uh, Ken sees that the real world is actually influenced and controlled and dominated by the patriarchy. Which he's against. He, for the first time, feels recognized and seen and validated. So he's like, this is all about... He steals the show. He's ridiculously good. He steals the show, but he takes all these ideas of patriarchy. He gets all these horses, uh, all these um, books on horses and the patriarchy. <laughs> it's hilarious. Takes these ideas back to Barbie land, leaves Barbie there. She figures her sh- out, goes back. Barbie land's changed. Thanks, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. There's a lot of social commentary on misogyny, patriarchy, Me Too movement, capitalism, feminism, you name it. It's in it. And it's, Sometimes quite tear-jerking. A lot of people saying, this is really an emotional film with what they're dealing with, mostly with um, stereotypical Barbie having this existential crisis like almost everyone has in their own life. There's a a dude who's pretty, like his whole lane is he hates woke thing. I won't say his name because fuck him. Yeah. Uh, But he posted, I want to say, a 45-minute teardown. 
of our bullshit purpose because of our quote uh, working. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. as soon as I saw that he was getting this offended by it, I'm like, I can't wait to see this. Oh, movie. okay, cool, cool. That's cool. <laughs> it does have some musical numbers in there and dance offs and things like that. But just everyone's like Ryan Gosling dancing. Oh my god! Every movie in some way or fashion oh, has some form of social commentary. But to get so upset at a movie, yeah. Barbie movie, yeah. It just uh, also I want to quickly apologize for America Ferrera. She's only two years older than us. She's uh, an 84er. Nice, nice. Um, so this is quite interesting as well. Um, you didn't tell me my girl was in the movie. Uh, yeah, from um the boys. That's no, not the boys. No, the the other show we watched, uh, which I'm oh. forgetting, Umbrella Academy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's what I was meant to say. No, you, no, um, the only other one thing that I know I want to say about the film is that this is not a children's film. Yeah, yeah. there were a lot of teenagers in there who could get some of the messages and could definitely, you know, Google. You know, Google being. Googled eyed. What's the saying? Goggle-eyed. Garg. What? Guy said gaga-eyed, but I don't gaga. know. Gaga. Gaga. Gaga over Ryan Gosling and look up to Margot Robbie and love the musical numbers and stuff. There was a four-year-old in the crowd. Clearly, the mum just wanted to see it, but also too young for this film. Most of the jokes over the head. A lot of it is sexual innuendo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to beach off? I'll beach you off. Not before I beach you off. This is the cans fighting on the beach. Having a beach off. Yeah. Um, you know, Dua Lipa pops up as one of the mermaid people. That was when John I, Cena. I don't know if you saw this, but I was nodding my head before because I saw Dua Lipa as nice. one of the many Mermaid Barbies. Barbie, yeah. Just says Barbie next to everyone's name in the credit. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of, oh, cool. A lot of uh, little cameos such as that. And the cool one is um, the Helen Mirren as the narrator. Because I'm listening to the narration at the start. It was a really interesting thing about how dolls were all babies and how young girls were then all projecting motherhood onto their babies for a long time there. Mm-hmm. And then Barbie came along. And it was like, this is a different idea. How do we, what do we, what does this represent? And there's, you know, the young girl who plays America Ferrara's daughter is very against the idea of Barbie because it's all about capitalism and it's about the wrong body image. Like, where's different body types for Barbie? Obviously, for a very long time, it was just a white Barbie, blonde hair, blue eyes. Where's the representation for race and ethnicity, um, let alone occupation? So, hey, you want representation. Yeah. Don't shop in Mattel. <laughs> so, yeah, look, that's all I'll say about all of that because you don't want to spoil anything too much and leave some things up for interpretation. But it has a lot to say about the world that we live in. I think it needed to. Otherwise, what was the point of it? And maybe this is a way of getting that message out to a wide audience. I mean, this was 96% women. in. It was a pack cinema, a lot of pink. A lot of different age groups, but obviously it's appealing to young people for different reasons and it's maybe appealing to older demographics. Um, but we enjoyed it. I saw it with my friend Beck. We had a chuckle. We really loved Marco's performance, actually, I was going to say before I finish. Exceptional. You think not too much to play with stereotypical Derby, but because she's going through the motions and understanding everything is not as, as, not as it seems, She's very dramatic in a lot of pieces, um, silly in some, stereotypical in others, but has to really dig deep for a lot of stuff, which I was like, mad props to her and to Ryan for this one. 7.6 currently on the IMDb. Yeah. So. Mad props to Greta as well. Respect. She's actually on the next episode of Smileless. I'm like, I can't wait for that to become available so I can listen to it. Um, so yeah, I do recommend it. Why not? And having not seen it, I just want to put it out there yeah. that Ryan Gosling's been doing a killer job promoting this, and um, mm. he 
corrected someone because they're all like, oh, so what does Ken do for a job? He's a lifeguard, right? And he's like, no, Ken's occupation is beach. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a running joke in the the film as well. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, You know, when you watch it, I'll probably rewatch it with you. Yeah, well, I'm going to go see it tomorrow. I want to come with. Oh. (laughs) 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 Got to call it sick. Yo, all right, so it's almost us uh, finished here. About that time. Pretty, pretty cool. So uh, next episode, we'll definitely be talking about Secret Invasion with yes. Samuel L. The Marvels. Disney Plus. It's going to be pretty uneventful probably because neither of us are really enjoying it all that much. <laughs> no, it's not that great. But I'll be finishing up some uh, some Oz. I've got some other stuff here on my list. We'll definitely be talking about Yellow Jackets Season 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we'll both be all caught up. I'm both excited for Season 3. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna, what do you got coming up, Jade Marie? You finishing um, a book, motherfucker? Yeah, I'm reading Court of Roses by Sarah J. Maas. Love so Sarah I'm reading J. Maas. I don't have anything I'm playing yet because I've just finished Outer Worlds. Love so we'll that see what for I you. Pick up Love there. it. you got something exciting to look forward to. Don't That's know right. What. Love it. Um, and I will probably, uh, probably by then finish The Witcher Season 4 because 5 Eps came up. And have I've watched all of them already, and the next five come up this Thursday. So this is being Cavill. released on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, New Witcher, the rest of the Yellow Jackets with you. Maybe I go see Oppenheimer or Indiana Jones. These are both things in cinemas right now. I'm not sure if I'll get to them uh, with school being back. But yeah, watch this space. Thanks again for joining us and accepting this mission. Yeah, good intro. Can't yeah. wait to listen to that back. <laughs> Hope the rest of the episode holds up. And uh, we'll keep you posted on what's to come with episode six. Excellent. All right. Kip Crew represent. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to not another podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. All one word, not another podcast with two T's. Or check us out on Twitter, Tweets by Nap. Wherever you are, good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, good night.